0: And welcome to the Wednesday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. Where to begin? Well, East and West beginning. How about this? Because you've got two teams that I think are in major trouble, and it showed in the results of their games last night, and that's the Penguins in the East and the Flames in the West. Now, the Penguins got the pedigree, and the Penguins are only a point out of a playoff spot. With Florida's 2-1 win over the Sabres, we'll get into that in a second. Florida's got the one wild card. The Islanders have the two. Both have 78 games played. Both have 87 points. But Florida's got the one more win, uh, the one more, and more um, RW win. They've got uh, the same amount of row wins. So the tiebreaker goes to the Panthers. But that, that's not the conversation. The conversation is the Penguins need a win. And it's a no-show in New Jersey, a no-show. Now, there was a little bit of panic at the disco with the Devils after they lost to Winnipeg 6-1, to but they have to feel better about their performance, and now they can explain away what happened to Winnipeg. Jets needed the game, second of back to back, yada, 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 but they bounced back nicely. Myers had a power play goal, Mercer a hat trick. Uh, so the Devils are really starting to show something here and now have a five-point lead on the Rangers for the, the two-seed in the Metropolitan Division. The Rangers have a game in hand, so if the Rangers can beat Tampa, they would again draw within three, but it's it's looking a lot like we're set in the Metro, especially with Natchez's um, overtime goal to help Carolina get a win. They now have a three-point lead on the Devils, and Carolina's got a game in hand. So I, I, think, I think we're set in the Metropolitan Division. But back to Pittsburgh get blasted five nothing they're not playing well defensively they're not getting goaltending they're not good all right they're not and I know there's a lot of penguin fans that listen to this podcast but you know Hextall dropped the ball when you look at Washington and Pittsburgh Washington saw the writing on the wall and they made the deals that they had to make it the deadline they let Eller go um they let Hathaway go They saw the writing on the wall. They didn't completely purge the team. They held on to Van Riemsdyk. But they realized that they weren't going to make it, and they wanted to put themselves in a position that it was going to be kind of a one-and-done, missing-the-playoff scenario. Pittsburgh, you know, a little bit better than Washington, a little bit of a better position. But again, to justify the contracts they gave Malkin and Latang during the offseason, and as long as you still have a healthy Sidney Crosby, you want to go for it. So they bring in Grantlin. They bring in Benito. Benito isn't even playing. Grantlin hasn't helped. Team can't play well defensively. And now they've got 78 games played. They're a point back. All right. They don't have the tiebreakers. They have less wins than both the Islanders and the Panthers. less uh, RW wins only 29 to 33 for the Islanders, 34 for the Panthers. The row wins a little bit closer, but still. Yeah, you know, Pittsburgh's got a home game against Minnesota coming up. You take a look at Pittsburgh's schedule. I think we went we went over this back on Monday. But, you know, Pittsburgh's got to be home against Minnesota, battling for first place in the Central Division. They're at Detroit, home against Chicago, um, and then they'll close out the season home uh, at, at Columbus. So it's there for them, but, you know, it, it's still a lot of work to be done. And guys, even if they make it, it'll probably be at the hands of the Islanders and the Panthers not getting the job done. And it'll be one and done for the Penguins again, as it's been in the postseason here, you know, since they won the cup. So I understand you've got these talented players. But they didn't have to bring Malkin back. They didn't have to bring Letang back. They, they could have realized that, all right, we got Sidney Crosby. That's good. That's still drawing power. We'll still be competitive. But we've got to think about the future. And what's going to happen to Pittsburgh is what happened to Detroit a few years ago, where you know, the guys start getting older, and now you end up going five, six years of missing the playoffs, which is in the muck right now that the Red Wings are in because, you know, uh, obviously everybody gets old at the same time you know, that Zook gets old at the same time, Lidstrom's gone, and now you're going to have to replenish. And Pittsburgh went for it, and I think they're kind of just delaying the inevitable because what exactly... They're not good enough to make a run. They're not. And I know it's captivating. You look at the rosters. Wait a minute, Don. There's Sidney Crosby. He's got a cup. Malkin's got a cup. latang has got a cup. Gensel's a really good player. Rust is a really good player. That blue line's not good enough. Their goaltending's not good enough. And... They're good enough to make the playoffs, and they might be good enough to make the playoffs again this year, although I'm not really sure, but the fact that they kind of went for it at the deadline where Washington pumped the brakes I think is going to be beneficial to the Capitals moving forward and is going to be detrimental to Pittsburgh. Now, go to the Flames. Flames have a glorious opportunity. They're taking on a Chicago Blackhawk team that's an also-ran. And a chance with the idle Winnipeg Jets to be able to get two points and tie Winnipeg in points. Winnipeg would still have a game in hand. They've got a game tonight against the Jets. It was right there for the Flames. Winnable game against Chicago. Going up against the team that you're facing to try to make the playoffs in Winnipeg. Get a couple of wins. They they started Markstrom, so obviously they believe they're going to start Markstrom again today and go for it. And what do they do? They lose to the Blackhawks for a third time this year. And EJ mentioned it before, earlier. That's that's where we're at, man. They're just not good enough. You get handed all these opportunities, and you're just not good enough. You cannot lose at home to the Blackhawks in a must-win situation. That's no offense to the Blackhawks. Got some decent players, but they're done. Their season's over. They traded away Patrick Kane. They're done. They're in your building, a must-win situation, and you lose again? Not good enough. Now, we'll see. They'll probably tease us again. They'll beat Winnipeg tonight. Hey, we're back in this thing. Winnipeg's still going to have a game in hand, and the Flames will still find a way to screw it up because you're not good enough. Not good enough. And that could be said for a lot of these teams. I mean, we, we, we keep hanging on to the hope of uh, Buffalo because they got the games in hand. Still don't get it done, lose 2-1 to Florida. Give Florida credit, man. Florida's won four in a row. They took the bull by the horns. What have the Islanders done? They've dropped a couple in a row. You know, Pittsburgh's 4-6 and six in their last 10. Buffalo 4-4-2 four, four and two in their last 10. Ottawa's 4-3-3 three and three in their last 10. Detroit's 5-5 five and five in their last 10. Washington is 2-6-2 and two in their last 10. Not good enough. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What does Florida do? Win four in a row. Feeling good about themselves. Got a winnable game against Ottawa coming up. They are going to make the playoffs. And then it's just a matter of, will the Islanders make it? Will the Penguins make it? Great. They, somebody's got to make it. Who's going to take the bull by the horns? Islanders catch a break. They're going to take on Tampa on Thursday. Tampa's going to be in the second of back-to-backs. They're at the Garden tonight. I'll be on the call with Mike Rupp. So they might catch a break there and some winnable games down the stretch. But really, what's it for? I mean, the Panthers are in an excellent position here where they can avoid Boston. And now we've got the Islanders, we've got the Penguins, maybe the Sabres. All they'll be is a sacrificial lamb for Boston in the first round of the playoffs. And I know all President's Trophy teams lose with the President's Trophy. Show me something in these last four games, Islanders. Show me something in the last four games, Penguins. Show me something now in the last six games that Buffalo has that still keeps them alive. Show me! But they probably won't because I don't think they're good enough. We mentioned the Hurricanes. 3-2. They blow a lead in the third period. But they find a way to still be able to win the game. Give Ottawa credit. They get a goal from Brady um, um, Kachuk. Power play goal early in the third period. stays 2-2. Carolina can't crack the code, can't figure it out. And then a great play by Natchez. They win the game, so they keep pace with New Jersey. That is a huge, huge win. Give the Predators credit. Win in overtime over the Golden Knights. That's a huge win for Nashville. Cody Glass on the power play, 3-30 in. So now Nashville, hey, Calgary couldn't do it. Maybe Nashville can. Nashville's still three points back of Winnipeg. Same amount of games played. It's still going to be very, very tough. Nashville's got a very difficult schedule coming up to be able to navigate through. They've got to take on the Carolina Hurricanes. That's going to be the next game. That's going to be at home. They're going to be at Winnipeg. A chance to steal two points right there at Calgary. Finish them. And then you close out with a couple of games at home against Minnesota and Colorado. Very, very difficult because that Central Division is still very much up for grabs. As we sit right now and we have this conversation, Colorado now is in first place. They're the team that's likely going to win the division. Dallas, 98 points as well. They're right there. Minnesota, 98 points. They all have 98 points, but... The Avalanche have won a couple in a row. Avalanche have a game in hand. They're at San Jose. Dallas is home for Philadelphia. Minnesota's got the tougher task at Pittsburgh. That's going to be fun. Vancouver, um, Vegas does earn a point. So they've got a three-point lead on Edmonton for first place in the Pacific Division. Edmonton picked up a huge win, beating the Kings 3-1. That gets Edmonton now over the Los Angeles Kings, if for nothing else to get home ice advantage in the first round of the playoffs. So Dreisaitl gets his 51st of the year, big third period for the Oilers. Oilers play tonight against Anaheim. And then the big one, Vegas and Los Angeles, getting a chance to play each other. That is going to be a huge, huge game coming up on Thursday to really determine who's going to win that Pacific division. That should be a lot of fun. So Kings, Vegas, um, you take a look at what uh, Edmonton's been able to do. Skinner, again, great last night. Very quietly, the Oilers with a plus 54 goal differential, and that right now is tied with the Devils and the Rangers for the second best in the NHL. Pretty good stuff happening over there in the National Hockey League's uh, Western Conference. And that should be a lot of fun. Edmonton's just so much fun to play uh, and to watch. Uh, a point for Connor McDavid. He assisted, I believe, on the dry sidle goal. Give him 147 points. So he still has time to get to become just the what, seventh player in the history of the nhl to get to 150 points in one season just an incredible run i'm having a lot of fun watching the edmonton oilers and i know my producer anthony pusik's excited because months ago he predicted edmonton to come out of the western conference all right so let's close it out with you at don Lagreca, hashtag game is conduct. let's go to tommy p he says who are some of your top underrated players of the season wow You know, I would have said uh, um, um, Kadri in Calgary. He had a couple of really bad turnovers last night. He's had a tough close to the season. But, you know, underrated players in the National Hockey League. You know, he probably flies under the radar. Um, because we appreciate him around the Rangers, but you know, Mika Zibanejad is the engine that makes the Rangers go. I'm not sure how appreciated he is outside the metropolitan area. The same can be said for Mercer in New Jersey. He had a hat trick last night. I think Natchez is a player that flies under the radar. All the conversations about Aho, Svechnikov before he got hurt, Burns and Slavin on the blue line, but I really think Natchez has been a very, very underrated player. I don't know if you'd want to throw... Um, uh, a knee lander out there for Toronto all the love always goes to to Matthews but he's had a very good season point I think is now emerged beyond underrated players now in Tampa um, Kucherov and Stamkos get a lot of love but point has been just a, a, a terrific terrific player you go out west um, you know Rantanen You know, because, you know, Landeskog has been out and McKinnon gets a lot of love, Ranton's going to score 50 goals this year. And I'm not sure people really appreciate uh, the kind of player uh, that he is. He's having a great year. Um, Ben Ears is going to probably win Rookie of the Year in Seattle. Um, So I'm not sure how underrated he is. Those are some of the guys, Tommy, that kind of pop up to me as you kind of throw that question out. Jacob says, I hope Toronto is ready because Vasilevsky looks playoff ready right now. It's the only thing we're locked into in the playoffs is that we know that Tampa and Toronto are going to play each other. God, I, I, I'm, I'm a big law of averages guy. I mean, I, at some point, Toronto's going to get out of the first round, right? At some point. And at some point, will it all kind of catch up to Tampa Bay? I'm going to get to see him firsthand tonight, calling the play-by-play. I've been very fortunate. Uh, to call the play-by-play for all three of the Ranger-Lightning games. I called the opener to a 3-1 win for the Rangers, and I called the game before New Year's on December 26th, the shootout loss in Tampa. So I'm going to get a firsthand look um, at uh, at that team for the first time in a little bit, get a, get a kind of feel for what they can be. Uh, but I'm really, really excited to see that Toronto-Tampa series. I think it's going to be a, just a tremendous amount of fun. Kind of a shame that we're in this kind of situation um, where two really good teams, one of them is going to be out, but when is it going to be the time for Toronto? But you bring up a great point, Jacob, is you take a look at just how – good Vasilevsky is he's the difference maker right that's why Tampa's always going to be in the conversation of moving on as good as their players are have been on the blue line we mentioned Stamkos Kucherov point you know the names go on and on but the difference maker does Carolina does Toronto um, do these teams have the goaltending that Tampa has I mean Vaskal Vasilevsky is a perennial Vesna trophy candidate as you said he's starting to come into his own here just a really 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 good player and um yeah that's going to be that's going to be a huge difference for sure no question about it just two other games on the docket besides the Rangers and the Lightning tonight we told you about the Flames and the Jets from Winnipeg colossally big game for Calgary. Winnipeg could put the Flames to bed with a regulation win. Winnipeg has been okay. Not great, okay. And they had that big win against the Devils over the weekend. 6-1, to one, which kind of surprised a lot of people. But you were catching the Devils on the second of back-to-back. I get that. Um, 10 o'clock tonight, the Oilers will be in Anaheim to take on the Ducks. Ducks officially now the worst team in the NHL. Um, and it's weird, too, because you take a look at the schedule. Seems like the Ducks always get the team Playing on the second of back-to-backs because they were an L.A. take on the Kings, and the Ducks haven't been able to benefit from that because they've been so bad, but you know, keeping an eye on a Connor McDavid, that should be an easy win for the Oilers, you would think, Going up against the worst team in the National Hockey League, which really opens the door now for Edmonton to get within a point of Vegas for first place. Although again, Vegas would have the game in hand. We'll stretch things out against the Los Angeles Kings. The Kings still have a game in hand, but you know, goal differential is always something I look at. If you listen in the game as conduct, you know that. Edmonton plus fifty-four. Vegas plus thirty-six. Kings plus twenty-two. You know, so that's kind of a big difference. That could be an indicator. Edmonton's won five in a row. They're the hotter team of the three. Boy, these races in the Central and the Pacific are going to just be unbelievable. And they're and they're not for nothing. As we mentioned, you're going to get a chance to take on a wild card team. No offense to Seattle and Winnipeg, but they're not Dallas. They're not Minnesota. Right? If Vegas wins, they're not Edmonton. They're not Los Angeles Kings. That's a big that's a big difference for you know Dallas. Do you want to face Minnesota? Or do you want to play Seattle or Winnipeg? And right now there's a there's a clear separation between Winnipeg and Seattle as far as who's the who's the one wild card and who's the second wild card. But we're not going to know officially who's going to being the best team in the Western Conference. Although it does look like the winner of the Pacific will, you know, Vegas with 104 points in first place, Colorado at 98. So it does look like if Vegas wins the Pacific, they will take on Winnipeg. Isn't that better than taking on Edmonton or L.A.? And Colorado. And Colorado, let's say they win it, and I'm going to give them the edge because they got the game in hand. Wouldn't you rather play Seattle than having to play Dallas or Minnesota? And, again, nothing's handed to you in the National Hockey League, and all these games can end up being very difficult at the end of the day. But still, boy, this is going to be a lot of fun. All right, Friday. It's hard to believe it's going to be Friday coming up for our next game, Misconduct. We're going to have the, the, the top five of the week, and that's going to be it. Because the next time we end up doing a podcast will be a playoff preview because the season is going to be over very, very soon because the last games, uh, technically the last day is that Friday, the 14th, Sabres, Blue Jackets, Avalanche, Predators are the two games, and then the playoffs will get underway um, the the following week. So we will actually have regular season games for Friday to kind of preview and talk about uh, next Friday. But this could be like the last Friday where so many things are going to be up for grabs and so many things are going to be kind of unknown. So I'm really looking forward to it. So you can get in touch with me at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct, always the best way to do that. So, again, Friday, we'll read your tweets. We'll give the top, the weekly top five, get you set up for the weekend. I'll have the call again tonight at home as the Rangers take on the Lightning. And my final play-by-play of the regular season will be Saturday in Columbus against the Blue Jackets, and hopefully I'll get some games in the playoffs. And it really looks like it's going to be the Rangers and the Devils, unless something kind of wacky happens with maybe the Devils catching Carolina. But, God, both teams are just... Uh, seem to be on a collision course and have been for months rangers and the devils should be a lot of fun so we'll hook back up on friday this was the wednesday edition of game misconduct this is the game misconduct podcast with don magreca